How are we doing, guys? Uh, welcome back to another episode of The Top Step. My name is Ryan Roland Smith. Now, I'm going part two with Matt Boyd because we just absolutely hit it off. He's now one of my best mates in the whole wide world. No, I'm kidding. He's such a good dude. But uh, last week when we spoke to Matt, he uh, I was jumping around so much. I just wanted to talk pitching and all this other stuff that I completely didn't ran out of time. He had to go. He's got he's got prize. He's got things to do besides talk to me all day on the podcast. But um, I wanted to talk to him about his charity. It's unreal. It's amazing what he does um, for uh, sex trafficking in Uganda. It's pretty crazy. So I really wanted to talk about that. So he said, "Hey man, let's do a part two. No worries." And we talk about. You know, baseball right now, rebuilding, how teams rebuild the Detroit Tigers, how they look um, right now with their rebuild and how he feels about that term rebuild as a player and, and who they got coming up and, and everything else. And we talk about the Mariners as well for you Mariner fans. But uh, hey, last week on the podcast, I said, hey, uh, first of all, if you've got any recommendations of people you want me to reach out to talk to, uh, and I've got, got a lot of really good ones. Uh, one of them, for all you Mariner fans, uh, I've got two of these actually. Uh, Todd Cook, big shout out to Cooks and Sons uh, on Twitter. We, he's uh, uh, Him and his, his boys, I've watched them grow up actually from the field, watching them, they're big Mariner fans and they go around and they're, they're, um, they're pretty committed to, to Mariner's baseball, that's for sure. And they do a lot of awesome things online. Uh, he's, been, he's been great. He's always been very gracious with me, even through my bad years. Um, him and his him and his sons, but uh, he, he did. But just giving him a shout out, he mentioned Harold Reynolds, talking to him about being in the Mariners Hall of Fame, and a couple other things. I'd love to have Harold on. He's a good dude, and he's done a ton too. So definitely, I'll have to uh, see about getting him on. Another one was Lauren Jackson. Uh, it's funny. I, t- I talked to Lauren all the time. Um, played for the, for the uh, Seattle Storm, uh, MVP of the WNBA. Uh, she's a lot of fun too. She, her and I were really close, really good mates here in Seattle. We used to hang out all the time at the Kangaroo and Kiwi. Um, you know, we used to drink beers there and hang out at the old location. Uh, never at the new location. It was never there when we were around. But um, I'd love to have Lauren on too. I, I actually texted her and said, hey, jump on my podcast and she's happy to do it. So um, there's a couple more. But hey, I had another email I got. Uh, I appreciate you guys reaching out. Um, hey, tell the story about when I got locked in the bathroom um when a brawl broke out uh i caught it on the radio and i only i missed the beginning i only caught the last part but i i was laughing hysterically can you tell that story on the podcast <laughs> okay so i'm more than happy to i've told that story a couple times it's kind of a famous story made famous by me um this was 2008 we were scuffling the mariners were not good that year richie Sexton was not living up to his contract we all know that uh, he was frustrated. I think he's hitting sub 200. Cason uh, Gabbett was pitching for the Texas Rangers. Early in the game, he throws one. I, I think it barely went anywhere near Richie Sexton, but uh, he got upset over it. And we were sit- I was sitting in the bullpen with my buddies. Like, oh, wow, it's going to happen. Something's going to go down here. This is at Safeco now, T-Mobile Park. So we're kind of sitting up there. And I was like, oh, man. So you know, all of a sudden, your heart rate jumps up just a couple, couple beats. And you're like, okay, next at bat, something's going to go down for sure because I had words and the whole thing. Well, me getting distracted like I usually do. He's about to come up in the order. I'm not even paying attention to the game. Now, I should be because usually I'd sort of pitch early on in the game at that point. I think I was like the mop-up guy still 2008, early in the year. Not paying attention. I just start wandering down to the bathroom in the bullpen at Safeco Field slash T-Mobile Park. I still get stuck calling it Safeco. I don't know if any, anyone else is the same way, but... I'm sitting there, so I'll try and explain this the best I can. So if you're looking out over the, the field, there's a ramp that goes down right behind the the wall 
uh, at left center field where the bullpen is right there at T-Mobile Park. And you walk down, well, if you go all the way down the bottom of the ramp, you can open that giant swinging wall slash gate. It opens up and it's really heavy. Like it's really heavy. Like someone's got to help you sort of yank that thing open to run out on the field. Right? You don't want to pull a lat or something when you get about to get pitched. But anyway, someone usually is there to help you most of the time. So it's basically, it's a big padded wall. Like you see at left center field, you open that puppy up and out you go. So well, right behind where that, that entryway to the field is, is the door to the bathroom. And so it's, they're on a 90-degree angle. I don't know if I'm, – I'm an idiot. I don't know if you call it adjacent or whatever you call it. But basically, the door to the bathroom's right here. And that's only just a regular door, yeah, like a, like a regular door you have at home. And open that thing up. So I go to the bathroom. I'm in there doing my business and um, not even thinking that Richie Sexton's about to come up. And I'm, you know, I'm zoned out at this point. I don't know what I was thinking about. And uh, next thing I hear is just the crowd. It wasn't a huge crowd that night, I'm pretty sure. But they were loud. All of a sudden, boom. Richie gets drilled, I believe. Runs out, throws his helmet at Case and Gabbett, lefty for the Texas Rangers. And all I hear is now it's, it's concrete as you go down that ramp. All I hear is click, click, click. I just hear spike marks hitting that concrete. Click, 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 click of about seven dudes from the bullpen running out. And it hits me. I hear the, that giant wall open up right uh, onto the field and it hits me I'm like oh man there's a bench clearance I'm stuck in the bathroom you've got to be kidding me so I'm like straight away oh, yeah I put my pants up I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready I don't even wash my hands sorry I know COVID-19 but I don't even wash my hands I'm trying to open the door now the door opens out and that huge wall which doubles as a as a you know the gate to get out to the field is blocking my exit so I'm trying to I'm trying to open this door. I'm trapped. So I have that split deck second decision: Do I stay in the bathroom, wait this puppy out while everything goes nuts, right, or do I run out on the field? I got a question. I don't know what you would do, but I cannot be stuck in that bathroom when my teammates are getting into into a scrap on the field. So I just force it. I think I'm kicking it, kicking it, slipping, <laughs> slipping over. I'm wearing spikes. Kick it open. Finally, I, I get a little the door just a little bit ajar. That's the right terminology. And I sneak my way through around the gate. And there I am. Everything's already calmed down at this point. Everyone's standing around. The crowd's watching. Here comes Lone Ranger coming from left field when everyone's already on the field on my just running in. People are at me, what's this dude doing? Is this reinforcements? What where was this guy ten minutes ago? It was the most embarrassing run I've ever had in my life. Get out to the field. Everything's already calmed down. I put on the, you know, stick the chest out, put the tough guy face on. I'm looking around like, all right, yeah, well, let, let me at him, like, like little scrappy, scrappy on um, Scooby Doo, and uh, and then some of my teammates. I remember JJ Putts looks at me. He was a big, you know, imposing force. He's like, what the hell are you doing? Because he could see me from his peripheral vision running in. I probably had toilet paper stuck in my pants or something, but um, I'm just looking at him like my head down like this. I'm still a rookie at this point. It was the most embarrassing run ever. And then Eric O'Flaherty, Sean Green, a couple of these guys like, dude, what were you doing, man? <laughs> I was like, I was stuck in the bathroom. So I had to go back up to the bathroom. I had, if you're down at the bullpen and you, you could see in the, you could basically see four or five guys standing around and me with a whiteboard, basically drawing up a diagram of how the door got jammed. Anyway, so that was a brutal run for me. So I wanted to share that story. Thanks for bringing that back up. Um, on the email, but uh, let's get right to it, guys. I've got part two uh, of Matt Boyd, um, and it's amazing, man. He, he talk, we talk about it a lot. He's a lot of fun, uh, Seattle local, born and raised, um, and we get into it. But uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. Again, if you're enjoying these these episodes, remember uh, send me some questions too. I, I got a couple others um, sent to me, but send me some questions or send me some some um, guests if you want to hear from certain um, guests. Let me know. 
And uh, make sure you share this podcast with your friends, review it. Apparently, I've been told, I say this every week now, if you review it and you get five star, it moves up the ranks, I guess. Um, but yeah, tell your buddies about the podcast. I'm, I'm really enjoying this um, while we're in such a tough time. It, it's uh, talking, to, to, talking to a lot of these people, having these conversations. Uh, and make sure you download it, subscribe wherever you listen to it. And enjoy this episode as Matt Boyd joins me on the top step. Ryan Roland Smith has something to tell his grandkids right here. First appearance of the big leagues. <laughs> He's a Hall of Famer. Famer. <laughs> Especially if he strikes him out. Here comes the 1-2 pitch to Junior now. The breaking ball. He struck him out. Yeah, that will be a story for the rest of his life. As he strikes out All right, Matt. Well, hey, man. I appreciate you coming back on. I actually noticed too. But get a look. I'm going to switch you over to so we can both see you, dude. You've been you've been relocated to the basement. What happened? What happened? Is yeah. that my fault from last week? <laughs> yeah, I was too loud last time. No, no. Um, yeah, basically, uh, you know, we got a we got a guest room that's also doubling as a bonus room and right. uh, and uh, dad's office, I guess. You know that. When you run a nonprofit, you know, you, you get the big office downstairs. So that's my <laughs> wife's office downstairs. I get the guest room. But uh, nice. we got family coming into town. So because of that, right. I got relocated to the basement. So my gotcha. desk is down here now. Yeah. So the family's flying from Seattle? The, yeah, the- just, yeah, just my mom. She's going to come out and uh, help out with the family, with the two little ones and the dog. And I thought we'd be playing baseball this week. But, uh, hey, you know, yeah. so, yeah. Speaking of that, how much – because – what are plane tickets costing right now? I haven't even looked. I haven't even gone on to like, you know, usually I'm like searching for like plane yeah. tickets and stuff pretty, pretty constantly or whatever. Yeah, what are we talking? Is it, it's it's a lot cheaper. It's a lot cheaper to do a round trip flight now. I mean, I think even going to Uganda, we looked last month, it said it was going to be a $700 round trip. Usually wow. it's like, you know, a couple grand at least. So, you know, wow, it's a, uh, it's different, different time right now. But yeah. <laughs> How do you get? How do you get to Uganda from 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 Detroit? You usually last yeah. time you went there, did you go from Detroit or from the West Coast? No, no, we're going from Seattle. So, right. um, yeah, the way we've gotten there was, uh, I've gone there tw- last two times. I went one time. I went Seattle to Paris, Paris to Uganda or right. Kenya, yeah, and then the other time I went um, Seattle to Dulles in DC, and then Dulles to uh, Addis Ababa. And then Addis Ababa to uh to like uh Entebbe, Uganda. So gotcha. that was that was a little more of a it was a more direct shot, but it was I mean, flying into a place like Addis Ababa, it's like the birthplace of life. Right. You know, you talk about just like just in the airport seeing so many different cultures of the world. It's just like and it's just crazy too, because like, you know, I get on the plane that's connecting, you know, in in uh Ethiopia and it's a uh, it's just different. It's just a different world. You know, you got people sitting in the jumper seats and, you know, like yeah. just, you know, it's just, just how it, it's how it rolls over there. So it was, it was, it was cool. Are you, uh, are you getting, I mean, are you sticking out like a sore thumb Are people like, what the hell are you yeah. doing on this plane? Oh yeah. Yeah. Especially. And, you know, sticking out like a sore thumb and coming out from the middle of Northwest where there's no sunlight either. So, yeah, you know, right. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not having any sort of tan either. So gotcha. I, I'm sticking out really, really bad, but it's, I mean, it's, man, people over there are so kind. 
and that's yeah. the coolest part you know um you know it's uh it's it's uh it's really cool to um when uh, when uh someone from a different country opens up like to show you their culture and everything and it's yeah. like it's you just have such appreciation for everything that goes on and i love uganda i love it so much it's uh it's really really special so last time we were talking last last week so this is you're going to come out basically it's part two of the matt boyd uh podcast the saga right um and you had to you had to get off because ashley your wife had to use that room or she needs some time i think you had to take over the babysitting duties it was tag team tag yeah. you're in do some work so she's the work she's doing is what we're talking about right now and this is something that i asked you i said hey man can we can we continue on another day because it's fascinating this charity you read up about it what you're doing is so unique and, and it's massive dude it is massive and i still feel like i'm sure it will eventually get national attention uh and spread i'm sure it will but talk us through it man tell tell us tell everyone what you're doing right now yeah you, so, you and uh, your wife ashley I know yeah she yeah yeah for it. no yeah i mean yeah my wife's the executive director right this is what she this is what her dream has been and she's welcomed me into her dream as as you know as you know we're we're, we're, we're you know we're a partner we're a team right so it's like she's part of my dream i'm part of her dream and it's uh but yeah um basically what it is it's called kingdom home um our mission is to end child sex trafficking through prevention and uh in that it's um it's it's really really special um basically we started out with um partnering with uh, a lady named dorothy who uh had 36 girls that were either rescued or um either uh, uh were orphaned because of the sex trade and um <clears throat> when i say because of like they were at risk of entering the sex trade because they were orphaned and whatnot so uh we partnered with her and i mean through god's grace um and funding and the the, the kind hearts of so many people around the world um we were able to grow to uh from 36 girls to now um 156 boys and girls over four different homes so uh our goal is to end child sex trafficking through prevention um out of the 156 boys and girls and their ages uh, uh four to um 15 and uh you know, our mission um, as Kingdom Home is to just, uh, it's providing a safe place, a refuge. It's not an orphanage, it's a home. Um, and uh, in that, like, it's, um, you know, every, every, there's a house mother and, you know, house parents and aunties or uncles, you know, um, you know, depending on, you know, if it's a boy's home or a girl's home. And, uh, you know, these, uh, these children and, uh, um, you know, they, where they didn't have families, um, now they do, right? They have aunties and uncles and, and a mom and or a dad and brothers and uh, or sisters and um, they're living as every child should, just you know, going to school every day, singing and dancing without any fear of what could have been or what was. Now they're living in a place that is just um, joyful, you know, and uh, and and safe. And you know, these children will. Uh, as they grow up, they will either go to vocation, they'll go into vocational training or university if, mm -hmm. you know, school allows them to and Kingdom Home will pay for that or, you know, vocational training or university and, you know, hopefully uh, equip more leaders that will want to have the same mission as to end child sex trafficking um, or human trafficking in any capacity, um, you know, in this lifetime that we're in. So, so you said this is Ashley's, you know, this is really her mm -hmm. thing, right? Yeah. Going into this. Yeah. So uh, is it, how's that, that pro microphone? Hey, by I'm the way, I, I appreciate too. I, I, um, 
right after we got done with the last episode, dude, your sound quality was terrible. Get down to Best Buy. It's open now. And go drop $2,000. This was a back order for two months. I ordered yeah. after the first month. We did so many Zoom interviews and stuff like hey. this. So it's like, gosh, oh, man. Sounded well, scrubby. I, I just yeah. got an I just got an alert like like an idiot. I waited to the last second for my or a Mother's Day present for my wife, and I just got an alert. It's ready to roll at the at the post office. There you so go. I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's it's backward. No, but I, no, but the real story is you went down to Best Buy and got hooked up. Because, yeah, exactly. Uh, you had exactly. to be part of the right You told way. me to. Yeah, yeah, I was like, get yeah, get down there. <laughs> so you so, so basically, like, how does this come about, right? Because it is unique. Is this? I mean, when you and Ashley met, did she say, "Hey, by the way"? Um, if we're going to get serious, this is something I'm going to do. How did yeah. this, how's this come about? Like, how do you choose this specific cause? Yeah. Um, you know, the big thing when we first got, when we first started talking, um, my Ashley was teetering. Like when we first met, it was uh, right before my senior season. So senior year in the fall, right before Christmas time. And we met and we were, you know, sharing our dreams she had no clue that i played baseball and i was you know sharing a dream about what i wanted to do after my senior year lord willing you know didn't know if i was going to have an opportunity to or not um and i was she was sharing her dream of mine with with me and hers was she was at the time deciding whether she wanted to go into law school and um you know she's always had a heart for social justice so it was like how can i represent and um help those who don't have a voice and, and, and this is in oregon right uh, yeah oregon corvallis? state university yeah yeah, gotcha. yeah corvallis yeah. is she Not, from is she is she from portland she's yeah. from portland gotcha. yeah so she's yeah beaverton so she grew up in beaverton gotcha. um yeah and uh she married this man what you know <laughs> she i mean i guess she probably was more of a portland beavers fan because they were around while she was right. there right there yeah go. yeah um but uh i mean you know, yeah. I introduced her to Mariners baseball right before, you know, and then, gotcha. then before we do it, you know, I was a Blue Jay after that. So there was like, oh, we love the Blue Jays now. Uh, but, uh, but yeah. Um, so yeah, so we, uh, yeah, so she had this heart for social justice and she was like, to send you a, she was like, you know, I don't think law is the right way. I don't think I can really make an impact on a, on the level that I really want to do with the law side. So I want to go into the non-governmental organization side, like an NGO. And uh, she got a job out of college. Um, we got married a year out of college, but um, wow. we got engaged after, you know, that year after. We, um, I, gradu- I graduated, she graduated. And uh, so as I was spending my first year in the minors, her, um, and she was back home, she got a, a job with an organization called Remember New. And their goal is the same as ours, and child sex trafficking through prevention. And they have our, our sister company, our parent company, you know, we're under their umbrella, however you want to say it. Um, but they have essentially given up. They, they have such a great model. They have gone out into, um, they're in uh, over 32 countries and they have over 100 homes. Basically, wow. they've gone out and they have this model that's um, touched the lives of over 4,000 children that have been, um, you know, not in the sex trade. They were at risk of entering the sex mm-hmm. trade because of the stats. You know, they were at high risk and now they're, you know, um, like the first girl knew. I mean, she's, she's uh she she's actually now it's amazing her life has just changed and she's she's running her own business now you know so it's uh so it's like really cool so they so they gave us the framework and they showed us what to do so ashley was working with them first and she kind of worked herself out of a job 2017 rolls around you know she was chasing i um she was chasing her dream i was chasing my dream when we got married we were living together we were in the minor leagues and she was making more on support than i was as a minor leaguer you know and then like and then you know (laughs) and then it's just you know over time, you know, we ended up having our first child and, uh, 
you know, she goes, you know, I feel like I'm supposed to step back. I don't really know why this is my dream job. This, everything about this is a dream, mm-hmm. but, um, and it's perfect. I love the people. I love the mission, but something's different. I got to change this. So in that, um, or not change, I got to change this. I just got to, I got to see how God's calling me. And, well, was, uh, was it overwhelming for her though? Did she get to a point where I was like, man, this is just a lot. No, no, it wasn't. She actually worked herself out of a job. Gotcha. She, she created a, a database uh, through with them to like, uh, to, to streamline, like connecting the people who were sponsoring children to the children um, that over like there themselves. So like, you know, connecting you with someone in Cambodia. And, gotcha. and so she, um, she kind of worked herself out of a job and she goes, you know, I just feel called to do something else. Like, this is my dream. This is what I want to do. So a few months pass on, we're staying in close contact with her, her boss, her old boss. And, uh, and then we get to the point where we're at uh we tell them we're go- we, we feel called to go serve the gospel in Uganda um, over Christmas time in 2017. And I said, well, you know, there's not enough time to do it this year. So we're going to go next year over Thanksgiving. Right. He's like, we're going there too at that time. We just opened up a new home in Uganda. So he knew we had a heart. He's like, come with us. So we're planning this trip, you know, and then, you know, time goes on a month later, it's spring training and he calls us and he goes, there's a lady in need. And we actually just hit, uh, I don't want to say like their quota. They don't have a quota, but they yeah. said like we're expanding too fast and we can't take anybody else on. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. But we know that you guys have a heart for this country and you've talked about a nonprofit. And would you want to partner with them? You know, and then it just developed a, a partnership to what is kingdom home today and God just keeps growing it. So it's been pretty special. And with that, so, you know, a couple things, it must be you go down to Uganda and you and you see it obviously firsthand when you're actually there. You're like, well, okay, it's got to hit you way harder once you get there, right? It does you know? Um, I think kind of the best story that I could tell. Honestly, it didn't even take place in Uganda, but just in the in the realm of the sex trade, how it hit me was when Ash and I, with Remember New, went to Thailand on what they called like a vision trip, yeah. which we plan on to start having. You know, um, bringing people over, right? It's bringing prospective employees, prospective volunteers over to kind of see the mission, you know? Um, and, uh, we flew in, flew into to Bangkok and we saw like the horrific darkness. Um, and I get like, I get goosebumps cause it, it was, it, it, it was that it made the hair on your neck stand up of the darkness of, um, what was, uh, the red light district where they're advertising little boys and children just in broad daylight. Yeah. And you're going, man, this is a monstrosity. How is this happening? Like how, you know, and, but then we went to the villages and we went to the villages to see where the children came from. And in those villages, um, you know, you saw where sometimes 50 cents feeds a whole family for a month. Yeah. Um, and then we went to the children's homes and you saw the villages where the children, you know, were so like elaborating on the villages, you know, someone will come into the city and someone will come into the village and say, Hey, um, I have a friend that works in the city. Uh, and if, if you're orphaned or living with a, a relative or a, a sibling, they'll say, you can let your, you know, your sibling or, you know, your nephew come work for me in the city. I'll send back $15 a week and he'll be working for a wealthy man in the city. And that's kind of wow. code for, you know, entering the sex trade or yeah. in some capacity. And, but it's money that maybe they have to provide for their other four children yeah. or whatnot. Right. So, um, so, so that, that's, so we saw the village, but then we saw the home and you kind of have this, you're like, okay, what are we going to expect? But you just see children living as children should just joyful, singing, yeah. dancing, yeah. doing schoolwork, you know, yeah. there's a computer in the home and there's four, four kids around the computer, like 
looking what you do, just like you, just like you were. And I, like when we were siblings, we were growing up with our friends and siblings, you know, they have it, they have a mother and they have aunties and, you know, they're sitting there reading and just living as children should. And it's so, so special. And, yeah. um, you know, in that it's like, you're sitting there and it's just over the course of a week, you're just floored and you're going, man, what's, what is this? You know? Yeah. And then that's what, that's what's happening now. Sorry about that. That's what's happening now over in Uganda. And that's, that's what the, you know, Ashley and I, we're, we're not the heroes of kingdom home. My wife does amazing work. God bless her. She, but that the real heroes are those house parents that are pouring into the children day in and day out over there molding these lives becoming a parent for these children that didn't have a family and, you know, teaching them God's love, teaching them, you know, uh, helping them with their schoolwork, teaching them what it's going to take to go on in this world and that they're loved and that they have hope in the future, Yeah, you know, and it's pretty cool. There's got to be, I need to ask this, there's got to be like a, a dangerous factor to this, right? I mean, surely, isn't there like these groups that, that basically, you know, with the, with the sex trafficking, it's got to be some sort of organized, you know, group, organized criminals that come in and and have a whole process and then you roll in big matt boyd nashley and this this group and you and you're pouring this money and you're taking these kids away from any opportunity from them is there is there is there that kind of like fear factor in that at all oh yeah completely i mean you got to know that there is a darkness and there's a reason why this is one of the biggest industries in our world though it happens under the radar it's it's a it's the money that it brings in is, 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 uh, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 you know, it's, it's beyond anything we can comprehend. Um, but you got to think that they operate in the shadows. The bad guys operate in the shadows, right? It's, it's bringing, making awareness and bringing to light what's happening that, you know, sheds light on what's happening and makes people aware. And, um, makes people aware of, you know, where it comes on in our country, even to, to anywhere else. Right. And because of that, um, you think, man, are, there's so many good people out there and there's so many people with abundant resources that have good hearts. Yeah. We're smarter than the bad guys. We can be smarter than the bad guys, you know, but it's about being aware and putting the effort out in the right ways. And then the, you know, and there's awesome organizations out there that are on the rescue side, you know, we're on the preventative side. We want to get to the children before they enter it. But like international justice mission is on the, on the rescue side. You know, uh, you remember Adam LaRoche, he's on the rescue side, the stuff that he does. Um, Albert Pujols um, is, is deeply entrenched in ending sex trafficking. So there's a lot of people out there doing a lot of great things. Clayton Kershaw is another one that does that, that uh, he has his own foundation that, that supports other organizations. So, you know, everyone's kind of got their piece of the pie, right? Mm-hmm. And you go, okay, we have a bun- we have a great resource um, in Remember New and people that know how to do it on the prevention side. This is our piece of the pie. We need to attack this piece of the pie and be solely devoted to this piece of the pie on the prevention side and get to as many children as we can that are at risk and give them hope in the future, right? You know, um, and, uh, and away from darkness, away from, you know, potentially entering this, right? There's international justice mission and other people that have this piece of the pie that go, man, there are people that are in this that need to be rescued and we're going to dive into that. And it's like, then there's people, you know, who maybe don't fit any of those pieces of pies. They're going, man, like, I'm going to keep my eyes open to, to understand um, what it is to see stateside. Like, what are some 
like telltale signs that someone might be in this against their will, you know? And it's like people are in like, and that's just, that's how we're going to end this thing together. And that's, there's bad guys everywhere, but you know what? Like, uh, there's a lot there. I think there's a lot more people with, with hearts that, that want to end this thing because it's so dark and, you know, and they, and we can together. So you don't feel when you, when you, you know, you fly into Uganda, there's no security protocol. You don't feel like some risk of if you walk into these areas or meet these kids or you're around and obviously, you know, it brings a lot of attention. If you see, you know, you stick out like a sore thumb, you and Ashley yeah. rolling yeah. in. Or we're Plus, minorities, you know, that's what it yeah. comes down to, right? We're minorities yeah. in Africa. Yeah. Right. And someone's going to be tipped off saying, Hey, they're affecting our industry, right? One of the largest industries in the world. So there's no, when you roll in, there's no like, Hey, look, you know, make sure we do this, this, and this is any security or anything like that. Yeah. You know, we, we have some awesome people that take care of us while we're there. Um, we have, uh, I mean, they're just extensions of our family, you know, they're just our Ugandan family now. Right. Um, and, uh, and, but there is that level of it. Right. Um, you know, we can't, it's, it's, uh, you, you have to be careful because yeah. what you're saying, you're, you're, you're essentially shutting down an industry and taking, you know, um, is that, that's our mission, right? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's precautions that we have to take when it comes down to it. And, uh, um, you know, but we're doing, you know, we're doing what God's called us to and there's no fear in that, right? It's like taking the ball and going three, two and throwing a heater into a power hitter, right? You know, if you're convicted to that pitch, you know, you're supposed to throw it. Well, you know, a well-executed pitch is the right pitch. So it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to take this and throw it. And I'm, whether it's, well, if you can't be afraid you, of that. If you go back to my, um, get a baseball reference and look at 2010, <laughs> you'll know that there was plenty of fear factor for me. <laughs> <laughs> I can remember very clearly that three, two fastball in was absolute kryptonite to me. Let me tell you. Um, but yeah, but thanks for bringing that up. Appreciate it. Oh, we'll, 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 we'll pull up. We'll, I'll screen share the baseball reference so you can see what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, so it must be when you, how, how, like how long do you spend in Uganda when you go down there? Um, the past few times we've gone, we've spent, uh, we spent a uh, better parts of, you know, a week to two weeks. Gotcha. So when you leave there, it must be. Yeah. And and the kingdom home sending teams throughout the year, yeah, you know, right. we have partners. Uganda has, there's a lot of uh, good things happen in Uganda and, you know, we have a lot of partner organizations. So when an organization goes over um, or, you know, I mean, there's, it's, 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 you know, it's, there's, there's constantly people going over yeah. to see and, and, you know, be part and help out whether it's on an aid mission or, you know, giving children a checkup or whatnot too. Yeah, but, and, and this is my question. When you go, you go to Uganda, right, and you leave, or you're about to leave, you must leave there. And again, any time you see something firsthand, you see it in person, it complete, it's completely different to looking at you know, a YouTube video and someone telling you how you give us money or something like that for this charity, yeah. right? It's completely yeah. different. You must leave there um, feeling like, man, I barely make a dent because you've, you've opened the floodgates. This is what I'm doing. And it's got to be, in a sense heartbreaking because you're like man there is just so many more kids families that we could impact and you it because you're just starting right i mean really you're essentially just starting so you must be there thinking man we have to do more it's got to open up the floodgates yeah it does you want to help every child that is at risk right um and part of it is like knowing um just knowing all of it, right? Like understanding, um, understanding like one, like I said, our piece of the pie, how are we going to affect, what are we called to and how can we 
take care of our piece of the pie. And then two, um, also realizing like um, that in, um, you know, we understand we like, if we get spread too thin, we're not going to be able to help every child. Yeah, right. We're not going to help you. the children that we have, right? Yeah. We need to know that we're going to move as we're called and, and, and God's going to bring the right people to be a house parent to expand, right? Because I mean, like you don't want to bring someone in that doesn't have the same interests, right? Or has as bad interests. And then, you know, you're bringing children into a potentially worse situation, right? Or yeah. something like that. So, you know, you have to, you just know that there's an order to do it and it's, it's a long process. It's not something that says, boom, okay, we got the money now. Let's just go do it. But, um, you know, it's a process and it's, it's a longer process. Um, so, you know, it's, it, you want to help everyone you do, but you got to know that there's, there's an order to it. Right. And going there too, did, has it completely changed you and how you look at life and in general going there, coming back on oh, man, like, because it's such a contrast, right? You go into a yeah. place like Uganda, like I've, I've traveled, I've been to, you know, third world countries, you know, Indonesia and other places like that. And you come yeah. back and you just have a different appreciation and the little things that you seem to complain about or found, you know, that you thought were rough or tough going yeah. or whatever, any drunk, it's got, you got to get back off the plane. It, it puts, it puts things in perspective. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. that's the truth. It does put things in perspective when, when you're, um, and I mean, just thankful for running water. Thankful. I don't have to, yeah. you know, walk with a, with a, you know, 32 gallon bucket on, you know, and, and carry it with my brothers and sisters just to have clean water to, to cook with and drink and everything like that every yeah. day. Right. So, um, it's, it's cool stuff, but you know, like it's, uh, it, it's not cool stuff. Well, what I was thinking about saying cool stuff is that like talking about the water reference. though, like while we were there on the land, we were able to have a wall installed. So, uh, you know, it, it was yeah. pretty cool to see that happen. And, right. you know, and just, you know, that thing, amazing things are happening. Yeah. How'd you and Ashley meet? Let's go <laughs> back to- <laughs> oh man. Um, She's well, handing out pamphlets for this, or and you're no, like, no, 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 no. You you're uh, walking around the Oregon State, just dry fit on backpack. I was getting ready. I was training. I was going to be my first year starting. I didn't start at college until my senior year. Oh so, wow. um Yeah. So I was. So you were kind uh, of under the radar as a. Yeah. I mean, I just I I didn't throw ninety five. I I just eighty eight yeah. to ninety. I was a command guy with four pitches, and right. you know, I came back from my senior year after being drafted, and I wanted to. um I just wanted to, uh, um, you know, win a World Series and win a Pac-12 championship. So I mean, we we came back and it was uh, I was training at the rec center. I was doing workouts with the team in the morning, and then at mm-hmm. night I was running and doing like swimming and just trying to build up wow. stamina. You know, thinking that that was going to help me yeah. be a better starter at the time. Um, and uh, being there, I would just uh, I was. Um, I met Ashley, you know, at the rec center because she worked in the cafe and uh, I thought she had a great customer service. She gave me such a big smile and, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, or, you know, she, she said she has good customer service. I thought she liked me. Um, but then uh, in that, I, uh, it was, um, it was, it was, you know, I gave her my number. I got in great shape. I think she had shifts covered for like multiple weeks after that. Um, and I, I just kept bringing, had a number in my wallet. It's like, I'm going to give it to her and ask her to coffee. And, uh, finally, you know, a few weeks later she was there. I went to probably worked out every single day for those few weeks and, uh, um, got in great shape, but, uh, I uh, gave her my straight beach workouts. Exactly. Something (laughs) like that. Yeah. And, uh, after that, you know, the rest is history went to coffee and yeah, the rest is history. That's awesome. That's great. 
Um, and I mean, you knew she was pretty passionate about this stuff when you, when you guys met, I take it. Yeah, completely. Yeah. You know, I, and that's like, she was deciding how she wanted to get into this world and make a difference in the world and, and social justice. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. That's awesome. So you, uh, I noticed you do like, you know, top golf, uh, to raise some money and, and stuff like yeah. that. Hey, is that, how, what's your primary way of raising money or raising awareness for what you're doing? Um, you know, we have events from time to time. We had an event scheduled for this week actually, but not happening now with everything yeah. going on in the yeah. world. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, we have random events, um, trying to build something a little more concrete, you know, we're only in our third year of existence. Right. So we'd love to have some annual events yeah. like this top golf thing and, and, uh, hopefully like a, maybe a banquet, maybe in the Seattle area or something. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, one of the main ways is that, that we raise money is just, um, through just, a relationship with the child is really what it comes down to is <clears throat> if you want to make a difference in the sex trade and you can, you can sponsor a child and it's through our sp child sponsorship program. And basically in that, um, like you can sponsor a child from anywhere from, uh, I think it's a uh, 60 or 50 to $120 a month. And through that, you know, you're, you're providing for the child's every needs. And, um, you know, through that you can also you know send mail when teams go over they'll deliver mail yeah. and mail will be brought back and cool things like that and it's just a way that you can know that you're impacting a child's life that you know yeah that that that, yeah. that needed it yeah that's awesome so is this something your teammates you know uh, uh, you can go to them you got a lot of young guys right on your on your team so you got a lot of young guys getting called up are you standing at the front door of the clubhouse saying hey listen to this, <laughs> like basically trying to get them involved. Or, you know, or is it <laughs> well, we've been so, it's so cool that we have guys that are just kind of hungry. They, they, they have their eyes open to the mission and that they want to go make a difference. And because of that, like we got guys that are partnering with, uh, um, we got guys that are partnering with, you know, us and it's, it's, it's been really, really special. Um, uh, I mean, our teammates and, and the Tigers organization has really helped us out in so many ways. Um, cool. And it's, uh, man, I'm so thankful for all of them. Um, just getting the word out, like showing up to events, but also like, you know, giving giving time and money. I mean, I, I took a teammate over last year, took Spencer Trimble over last year, and he wanted to see really? it firsthand. Yeah, and it was like, nice. I mean, that was really special. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of cool stuff in that, and I'm really, really grateful for um, my teammates in that. Speaking of the Tigers, right? You, you guys obviously young team. You're in that rebuild phase. This is one thing though with with Major League Baseball. I find and you know the Mariners are going through the same thing. It's okay now. It's acceptable. And I go back to you know 2007, eight, nine, around those years. There's no way a GM's coming out and basically like Theo Epstein did with the Cubs in 2012, right? Who who when you took over the Cubs, come out and said, "Oh, not this year. Not you guys. I got yeah. I got a five year plan here." Now it's just it's just it's it's acceptable in a way to say okay from a business standpoint this is what we're doing we're going to load up our minor league system and and then basically we're we're going to have it like a two to three year plan I feel like sixty percent of baseball now does yeah. that right but the yeah. Tigers how's it looking for them I mean where are they at when it comes to this whole process Yeah um, you know we're we're close. We're close. I mean, we're gonna. We're, I mean, I, I. I even hate saying the word close. Like we're we're gonna do it yeah. this year. You know, yeah. we're we're in. Like the the vernacular that surrounds, um, the third and fourth floor. You know, if you will, 
yeah. doesn't have to do with what, what's happening on the ground floor because mm-hmm. we're taking the ball. We're going out there to compete our tails right. off every single day. Yeah. You know, if we're going out there and say, oh, our year's a few years from now, it's, it's whatever. Like, mm-hmm. um, we're not gonna, it's cat. Don't even play the games. Cause that's, yeah. it's, it's worthless. Cause that we're not going to have the heart in it, but like we go out there, we we're, we're, we're for and they'll fight and win every single day. And that's what it comes. You know, that's, that's what when you walk through those the threshold of that clubhouse, we're we're the worst team in baseball last year, man. We showed up to win every single day, right. and we had guys we had battled so many injuries, and we had guys grinding every single day. Um, it was really special to see some of the guys. Like we had guys coming into their own. I mean, Nico Goodrum played all over the field last year. Like he's going to be our shortstop this year whenever we play, you know. And that's just, and he's great at it. But, man, that mm-hmm. guy was playing in center. He was lining up in the corners. He was lining up all across the diamond. You know, he just didn't catch and pitch. That was only two things yeah. he didn't do. And it's just like you see that and you go, man, like that guy's doing everything he can to win. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of guys that we had pr- throughout the ball club. Um, but we were young. And because of injuries, we had guys that probably shouldn't be playing in positions that they could, that they, they were. And, you know, um, you know, but guys were just showing up and saying, hey, okay, this is my role today. I'm going to go do it. And yeah. uh, we got better from it. Right. And – in that and going into the future, like with a rebuild, um, whether rebuilds are good or whatnot, I, I don't think that they're because of the reasons I just stated. I, it's, it's tough. It's yeah. tough for the guys on the field because you have to separate that. You have to understand and say, that's their job. That's not my business. My business is to win ball games. And I'm going to go out there and do everything I can to win ball games. And who, I mean, baseball, you know, the talent level, the margin is, it's all up here, right? The margin's yeah. slim. It's, it's mostly up here, you know, in most circumstances. So, um, you know, whether, whether that's right for baseball or whatnot, that's a whole another conversation that another question that you may be asking later, but I don't know. But like, um, you know, when it comes down to it, uh, I, we're hungry to win every single day and the rebuild that vernacular doesn't really respond well in the clubhouse because it's like no we're here to win today i don't care if it's the yankees i don't care if it's the pirates or the marlins or anybody in between like we're gonna go out there and we're gonna compete our tails off every single pitch yeah in 2008 i had i think it was the second last start of the year and i was pitching really well and a reporter came up to me three days before it and said oh hey if you guys lose these next couple games you're gonna get the first pick overall in the draft it was us of the nationals um do you take that into your start i looked at him like I, I, I wasn't, I, I didn't even want to say get, get lost. Are you kidding me? Like, do you honestly think I care about next year's draft right now? No, I'm going to go out and like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm out there pitching like, oh yeah. I'll, it was the, the dumbest question to the point where I'm like, I will never answer another question because I'm done playing now. So I can look at it from, you know, from, yeah. from a different view. But when you're playing and you yeah. walk into spring training day one, you're looking around the room going, hey, let's get after it regardless yeah. of where – you know, you said the third or fourth floor is, is putting you guys or whatever. And, and, yeah. and that's how it should be. I, I just, yeah. you know, it's, and it's one of these things that you go through these years together. I remember Grant Balfour in 2007, we'll finish up the year. He got, he went over to the Tampa Bay Rays. I said, Oh, you know, you guys are scuffling. He goes, no, nah, man, he goes, these groups, they're a group of studs. You should, these guys, they all know each other and they're hungry. He goes, they're going to be good next year. I was like, really? Like, and went to the World Series the next year. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. they just did not care. It wasn't yeah. about, oh, you guys are young, whatever. And, and that's back in 2007. Yeah. It, I just find it so funny, man. And here I am yeah. asking you these questions. Yeah. I know the answer <laughs> you're going to give me. But, that, but that's how we feel, you know? And that's yeah. like, that's what we, that was so crushing about this year. It's like, okay, we had all these guys that got new, that got so much experience, you know? And like, 
of this last season. And then we come in this year and it's like, man, not only do we have the experience, but Miggy's uh, healthy and swinging the bat better than he ever has. And he's in great shape. You got CJ Crone hitting behind him. You got Scopey sitting there. He's gonna probably going to hit in front of him. Nico's right. going to be like playing shortstop every day. Jordy came back. They got Austin Romine behind the plate. Like got Maben out there now again. Like you're going, man, wow. Like we just yeah. filled like places where, you know, like we got guys that can play the game now. You know, Ivan Nova coming into the back end of the rotation. And then you look, then you go, you go to the minor leagues and you go, man, we got all these stud pitching prospects. So, right. you know, Scooble, Fayedo, Manning, um, Mai is like, and the list goes on and on and on. Like there's other guys behind them too that are very, very good as well. And you're going, man, like this is going to be great because competition breeds success. You know, yeah. I, I got to be around those guys. I learned so much from them this off season or this, this spring training, just watching, watching how Scooble toes the rubber, watching how he pushes off his backside, watching Matt Manning learn how to spin the baseball. It's like, Oh man, like I'm talking to him, but I'm learning from watching him throw, you know? And then yeah. it's like, you know, all this sort of stuff that's, um, you're going, man, you know, not to mention what the stuff we already have, the pieces we already have, and we're going to be incorporating these over the course of the season. Now, whatever the length of the season may be, but like we're going to be incorporating that. That's going to be really, really special and really, really exciting. And, you know, now we got Spencer Torkelson, who's a guy that, that you know, from everybody back at Oregon State, you know, he's, he's in the Pac-12 at Arizona State. Everyone says, man, this guy, I mean, they're comparing him to Conforto and it's going like I played with Mike. I grew up with Mike. Like that's high praise. I think Mike's one of the most underrated hitters in baseball. I think he's going to be one, of, you know, right. Conforto is one of the, I think he could be one of the best hitters when it's all said and done. But yeah. like now you're saying, now you're saying that this guy is in that category and he's in our organization too. And he's a college kid that potentially moves fast. Like, you know, it's, it's exciting to say, man, we got, we have what we have and I'm excited with that. And knowing that there's guys coming that are going to be pushing each and one, every one of us at the big league level, um, man, competition breeds success, and it's going to be fun. Do you think this, uh, yeah, coronavirus layoff, not getting the reps? You think that's had a massive impact when you're looking at a team like the Tigers or the Mariners, <clears throat> who, who who are in this stage where they've got these young players and they want to get, you know, get that that chain moving a little bit? Do you think this has a massive impact with their development? Um, depends or timeline, on even. Dep- I mean, depends on how you look at it, right? Like, like, yeah, it's up now. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, it, well, that's what I, I worry think, about. I think the things that are hard to argue are innings that are going to be lost mm-hmm. um, at bats that are going to be lost. Um, you know, game experience. Yeah. That stuff. You can't make that up without having it. Right. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I mean, who knows how many arms are going to be saved for the future because of this, right, you know, yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah. you, you can look at it either way. Right. Uh, I had someone say to me, uh, you know, you know, it's pretty, you know, it's like, ah, oh, this is, you're, I'm so tough. It's like, uh, you're, you're, you're 29. You're in your, what would you consider your prime? And these are your best years. I'm like this in my mind, this has prolonged my career even longer. I use this time to get even stronger. That's a good point. And yeah. like, I didn't have a whole lot of innings outside of these last few years anyways, as a starter, you know, for a variety of reasons now, like, and that just got moved on, you know, that just got pushed that, 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 that like type of, like, I think this is a benefit, you know, like, as do I want, would I rather be playing baseball? Absolutely. But this is something that, uh, is a benefit, you know? So it's, I think that, um, I think a good, good will come out of this. Good always comes out of it. Right. And, uh, it's just a matter of sometimes you can't see the fruits of it right now, but maybe in December or next February, you're going to go, Oh man, 
this was really cool because of this or this guy yeah. got to be on the taxi squad when he wouldn't have been around big leaguers at all and right. he got a chance to be in the big you know or who knows what it could be yeah yeah i, I just feel for the, there's a couple guys you know tom murphy um you know who uh, yeah he took me deep twice last year yeah and he did a cartwheel too by the way i, I remember that when we got off i was like i don't know if, did you even notice that like that when when tom murphy he did a car he had a home run did a cartwheel in the dugout did your oh, really? team yeah, I don't, did your team even notice that? No. The, the reason no. I know that is because I doubled up. I, I did one in the studio to because uh, I was working the game. I was like, oh, check this cartwheel out and did a, did one in the studio trying to top him. Like, yeah, you know, it's like no one cares. No one's watching, dude. Um, but um, you know, guys like Tom Murphy, Austin Nola, those guys who are sort of this is with the Mariners who are sort of stuck yeah. in, in in between. They, they've finally got a chance to play, you know, to get to the big leagues and prove themselves, and they've had yeah. some success. Now they're stuck. Yeah. This is their year. And you have them banging on the doors, all these young players, you know, that, that, that's, yeah. I feel for those guys. for sure. No, I know. And that's tough. And it's, it's tough. It's tough for those guys. It's tough for guys that are coming back from injury that want to prove them that, you know, want to show that we got it, you know, instead of, you know, it's tough for the minor leaguers that are getting dumped. Like, you know, there's, there's, yeah. you know, that, that for no reason. I mean, you know, like I understand there's a reason I understand there's always roster turnover, but like, man, that's, tough situation to put a bit because they're not going to go get another job in the baseball yeah. right now you know yeah. like um so like that's that stuff's tough but i i know that good will come from it now what good will come from it there's a lot more stuff that's on the forefront of our minds that isn't good like for all the reasons that we just said but i know down the road good will come from it yeah. and it's just a matter of having that perspective be able to look back and say oh yeah well you know what but it's yeah you know it's tough yeah for sure um I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna let you off, mate, because I know you got a big schedule. I appreciate you getting the microphone, um, <laughs> and and I, you know again I, I want to you know I'd love to be a part of this you know the charity everything you're doing, man. It's amazing. The more I look at it, the more I'm like, wow, like it, it's it's going above and beyond. So I appreciate what you're doing. And like I said, I was doing <laughs> I was doing a pregame show. You're from Seattle, so every time you pitched, I talked about this last episode, and I was just like, uh, what? I, I didn't realize it was that. I, I honestly thought it was, you know, <laughs> some third party that you're like, oh, we're, we're raising money for doing a charity event. But there, yeah. there you are in Uganda on the front lines. I'm like, is this guy, man, this is amazing. Anyway, so I had a brand new respect for you. But uh, spending this time with you, man, I'm, I'm an instant fan. I can't wait to watch you do your thing this year. It's going to be fun. Thanks, man. I, I appreciate it. And, uh, and yeah, um, thank you. You know, thanks for having me on. Oh. Uh, awesome. Anytime, man. I'd like you to come back at some point. All right. All once right. we get playing. We can yeah, do this in person. Playing. There we go. For sure. Perfect. Awesome. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Top Step with Matt Boyd, part two. Uh, again, send me some emails, uh, send me some questions, emails. If you want me to tell a story, uh, let me know and I'm happy to play it on here. We'll have another guest next week. Hopefully baseball has come up with a decision to figure out what's going on so we can all get back to watching baseball again. Uh, make sure you press that download button, press that subscribe button, tell your friends, give me a rating. Appreciate it, guys. We'll see you next week right here on the Top Step. Killing them, 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 killing them